Welcome to Our American Security. I am your host, Bobby L. Shepard. Our American Security was created to provide business owners, executive leaders, and everyday people expert knowledge and strategic thinking on how to combat cyber attacks, physical security threats, and geopolitical disruptions. We do this through an honest, direct, and sometimes gritty perspective to give our audience the ground truth as we see it. Our American Security is brought to you by Brass, business resilience as a security service. In today's volatile world, companies need more than a security guard company or a business continuity plan. They require ongoing crisis strategy planning and a world-class security force all in one. Brass provides the security strategy and protection your business needs in good times and in bad. Welcome to another episode of Our American Security. This is your host, Bobby Shepard. I did this before, actually. This is a re-intro into a podcast I did a couple weeks ago um, about um, uh, the unfortunate death of Tyree Nichols at the hands of uh, Memphis police officers. Um, So we go into what can happen better um, for something, for an incident like this has been going on way too long in our country. Um, People, especially people of color, are uh, inordinately afraid of police officers um, when they should be honestly welcome, welcoming the sight of them. Um, but that isn't the case because just too many unarmed black men are being killed and shot and too many white men who commit crimes and shoot police officers in the head with AR-15s or, you know, slice them up or stab them are being either you know, taking in custody and handcuffs without so much as a scratch or even taken to Burger King after the killing of nine people in a church years ago, black people in a church years ago. So obviously there is something that needs to be done with policing in general. Um, you know, I, I think it goes far beyond um, the skills, training or competency. Um, it, it, this is a social Moray that needs to be beat out of the police officers, uh, both black, white, and whatever you may have you, and see things as see themselves as being what I call the Captain Americas of law enforcement or the Captain Americas of our country. You know, there they don't see colors; they just see the flag. They see their duty, um, and and that's how I was raised. So with that said, uh, please enjoy uh, this episode of Our American Security. Thank you. Let's talk about today, um, Mr. Um, Tyree Nichols, um, the uh, the young man that was uh, murdered um, by police officers uh, the other day um, in Memphis. And so, you know, this goes back to a theme um, that we've been talking about on our American security since I uh, created the podcast which is policing, you know, um, a matter of fact, I believe when I first started this podcast, um, it was, um, spurned by, uh, the George Floyd murder and, um, the bad policing, um, in that, in that situation, I had a, had a, uh, you can go back and take a look at it. It's called a dichotomy of a bad cop, um, had a panel of, uh, current and former law enforcement officers, all of them, African-American or or of color um, 
and which is which was relevant because of the situation involved and you know we wanted to get a a a non i would call it non-biased um perspective um on what it's like to be a black police officer um and how it could have done been done better so in this situation it's actually reversed not funny but i i i laugh and or i chuckle in a this is the saddest thing i've seen in a while kind of way um but this time it was all black police officers um, killing um, a, a, a black citizen. And so, you know, where do you start? You know, where do you start? OK, so, you know, I, I was a police officer. I was a federal police officer um, for eight years. Um, that is very different than being a street police officer. Um, we worked with street police officers with um, Washington Metropolitan Police um, in concurrent jurisdictions and so forth and training. Um, and, and of course, we and, and being a U.S. Cop police officer, our main duty was to protect um, pretty much the Congress um, and, and to make sure that um, they and their connected constituents and employees were safe. And that we made sure the continuity of government <laughs> continued, as you saw with January 6th. Um, I was uh, at the end of it. I was a special agent. I was doing um, executive protection for um, specific members of Congress. Um, and, um, you know, and I did a bunch of other things that, you know, where where street crime and working with street issues overlap, such as bike patrol, street patrol on, you know, we have, we had normal, normal duties as well as, um, I guess we would call capital police duties, you know, which is pretty much protecting the Congress. Um, so, you know, we, I, you know, my background and, and of course our training was top notch. Um, you know, we're trained at the federal law enforcement training center, um, you know, which is known to be the, some of the best training in the world for law enforcement really. Um, and then we got our additional, um, almost was it was a total of six months of training or yeah six months of training so we got additional two months of training i believe when we got back to dc anyway and then we did our thing so when we look at the memphis situation um they had us you know their crime rate had been going up um for a while and street crime and murders homicides in particular and so they created what they called, you know, the Scorpion Unit, which was had their acronym basically meaning, you know, safer streets, you know, saving lives type deal. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, their mandate was to be heavy handed um, in a way where they would get the job done to a level where they were able to root out and intimidate um, those would be murderers, I suppose. Um, but the problem with policing is this, you know, there has to be top notch training, like the training I received at Fletzy. You know, there has to be, you know, training that's done on a, um, a, a basis, a, a annual or even, you know, every two, three years, we used to have, uh, every, five years we have an officer survival training you know so there has to be continual training and also opportunities <coughs> to train at other 
law enforcement agencies, um, you know, not just given to, you know, specialized units like SWAT, which are able to train at every SWAT um, pretty much if, if we're kind of, you know, usually SWAT teams can train at many, many um, other counties and cities uh, around the country um, as a courtesy. Um, you know, and so, of course, you know, their level of training is going to be at, at a very high level. But those working street crimes or in working directly on the street, it's a much more grittier environment. You know what I mean? It's much more grittier, you know. So, you know, you are on Razor's edge as a person. Um, my brother, um, who is a, um, a special agent, uh, current special agent for the government, He's 1811, which is an actual special agent. I was a special agent primarily in name and training because um, my actual designation was a federal police officer at the time. And so, you know, you know, he did street crime for a little while. And, you know, you're you're, you know, you're basically at any point in time, somebody could shoot you at any point in time. Somebody could snipe you. I mean, it's just it's it's a you know, it's it's a rough game. And I think that a lot of times if police officers are rolling in that kind of environment, um, you know, they establish a bona fides. And the thing is, man, it's hard to turn off. So for some people, it's hard to turn off, you know, that killer instinct, you know, that, that instinct where, you know, you, you are, are able to survive by intimidation and fear. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it's, it takes a, a well-trained person to go from, you know, being in the mode to kill someone, beat the crap out of someone because you have to, to being able to take that back down to, you know, helping an old lady across the street. And, you know, it's, and it's quite possible, but it's, it comes from, it comes from high level training. You find more of your special ops type people being able to do that. And quite frank, a lot of people who are able to do that are almost wired that way. You know what I mean? They just they just have that in them, um, you know, and then and then it gets trained in them, you know, and and it, but it can be trained. It can be trained, even if it's not necessarily in you. It can be trained, but um, it, it, it takes a high level. You got to be a certain person and, and you can get this from martial arts as well. Uh, you train heavily for decades in martial arts. Um, you can become this type of have this type of temperament as well. But it's not common. And so it's not common to be able to achieve that without a lot of training or just you happen to be that person that, you know, can go to from zero to 60 back down to zero um, when 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 you have when the situation doesn't call for it. Um, and so whatever happened here, you know, and quite frank, you know, looking at I, I could even watch. I didn't even really want to watch that video. I mean, it was just come on, man. I mean. These guys were on some evil shit. I mean, honestly, they were on some evil shit, man. I mean, you know. Okay, here's the thing about being a police officer, too. Okay, you can never, you can never, never, um, you know, anticipate or or say, okay, yeah, um, this guy is is going to be okay, and, and and bring your guard down. But time, nine times out of ten, you know, what I mean, you've been on the street, you've been working with people, you know. You know, as soon as you see a person, generally speaking, you know, the threat level, especially if you roll in an environment, you can sense the threat level, especially if you with your team and your boys and especially if you on top of your your tactics. OK, 
meaning that you're watching your hands, meaning that, you know, you, 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 you're offering verbal commands. It means that, you know, you're, you're seeing their body language and, and comparing it to, you know, the, the hundreds of individuals you've probably taken down or arrested or spoken to before. You know what this person generally is like. And these guys, they, I think they saw him as prey, you know, quite frank. They saw him as just somebody they could fuck around with, hurt, and, and do whatever else. I don't know what their motive was, you know, to for, for the level of intimidation and eventually um, violence that they inflicted on this guy. Um, but, you know, you know, you can always, for white police officers, you can always say, well, yeah, the motivation was they were racist as hell. These motherfuckers, I don't know what they were. I mean, I, I mean that well, they they just were some hateful, you know, angry people, man, who 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 just felt like you know intimidating this guy. And the thing was, you know, they're like angry, like like a bunch of rabbit dogs. I mean, the kid, you know, he sensed the danger. You know, I mean, he knew he was in danger. You know, and and you know, he in 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 like his 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 calm demeanor wasn't doing anything to make these guys feel calmed and you know and this guy's probably from the streets and so he's like dude i'm in i'm in danger i'm in real danger in here and so you know his fight or flight kicked in and he tried to get the hell away and so these officers and i use that word very loosely you know that was almost that to them that was the trigger you don't run. You don't ever run from from a police officer, right? That's that's just you don't run from a police officer. You know, you don't you don't do that. You run, then you become a fleeing potentially fleeing felon, and then you know they almost have a right to you know have a right. They have they're justifiable in some instances to think that you are becoming a danger to the public, and so you know running from a police officer is for sure, for even the best police officer, somewhat of a trigger to say, hey, get your ass back here, right? And so for these animals, you know, it, it was it was it was a trigger for them to to, to it was a it was a <laughs> it wasn't a trigger. It was a what do you call it? Grand, uh, granting of permission for them to to hand down the kind of violence they were itching to get into anyway. So what's the solution to this mess? What is the solution? I mean because you can't really you know, it's hard to pick out these these bad eggs. I mean, honestly, I think people fall into this to the Lord, to this Lord of the Flies mentality, you know, when they become part of groups. I mean, if, if anybody doesn't really know that reference, you know, what we're talking about is like, you know, you know, when you're trapped on a island with people with like mind and it's become survival of the fittest. You know, the next thing you know, you know, you're you're beating up and, and killing piggy. You know, some 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 kid that's that that's relatively defensive, uh, defenseless. So, um, you know that that you know it, it, that's kind of the way it, it's looking. You know, um, you know, there's been a police tactic that they've been using, I think, in Chicago, called the uh, disruptor or interrupter. Uh, I think an interrupter model, what's called. And you know, generally speaking, you know what they do is try to anticipate the crime or get stop violence before it happens by opting uh, individuals within the neighborhood to that have influence to basically be the you know the mediate the mediator of violent crime and they said 
shootings or whatever gone down by two thirds. The problem with that methodology is this: the person of uh, that's, that's being recruited and possibly paid through a federal funded program could be a criminal. I mean, a real bad criminal. <laughs> you know, so you know, no one's gonna listen to just some guy. You know, especially in a heated environment. You know. And put down their guns. I mean, they'd be just as quick to shoot that dude in the head as they would the person who they're angry with. I mean, that's the law of the street. I mean, I don't know what that interrupted thing. <laughs> I don't know. So, so if if it's working, then to me, what that tells me is that we're moving into sort of a warlord environment potentially, like in Afghanistan. You know, the people with the the strongest gang, the strongest influence. The, the person you don't want to cross, um, you know, is, is the one that's going to, you know, broker the, the peace. And, you know, <laughs> I think you're moving into to a potentiality of, 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 of clans, gangs, fiefdoms where, you know, it's 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 sanctioned by, you know, the government. I mean, that's that's you know, I think that may not be the best course of action. I, of course, I'll have to look into it a little bit more. But. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound feasible for the long term. It, it sounds you just get one bad mediator in there and, and the whole plan goes to shit. So, you know, that's one thing. Um, in my opinion and experience, what needs to be done um, in, in cities like Memphis and some cities like Chicago, where in New York, I mean, Wherever you have like not just bad apples, but a systemic problem of police officers um, doing the wrong thing, there needs to be a, a retraining of a, a new tra- a new training curriculum. You need you need to get the best police officer organizations in the world come together and create some sort of a unified uh, police training regiment that's that's like sanctioned and and signed off by. Um, the people who created it, you know, and so where, you know, there's a training uh, where, where there's police officers getting trained, this organization, you know, sends representatives who are, you know, acclimated and trained in the requirements of this um, universal training system for police officers, um, at least partially, because you can always add to it like there would be like, say, for instance, you know, there'd be like say 20 basic techniques in in training modules where all police officers have to go through and it's done in such a way where you know it's it's uni- uniform across the board and then you have you know just like just like when I was in Fletchy you know Fletchy trained us in government like standard what was it called basic what was it called basic mixed mixed police basic course Right. And so everybody that was in the federal government, that was a federal police officer across the country, got the same training, got the same training. And then we went back to our own towns and states and cities and whatever. You know, we got trained up, you know, for metropolitan or what have you, wherever you Texas, Florida, Miami, Dade County, wherever you were, you got trained up um, for that environment as well. You know, um, Border Patrol, whatever it may have been. Right. Um they should do the same in, in my esti- estimate for for local police. I mean, you know, for state county police, um, you know, um, 
it, it's a necessity. I mean, you probably could start out as a pilot program, only doing it for like you know the the most agree, egregious, um, you know, reporting for police officers um, across the country, and and then start put up do a pilot program uh, for a few years and see how see how it pans out. You know, um, that's something that needs to be done because see, police officers are always going to be needed. All right, but the human beings that are the police officers. Um, you know, is, is the pro that's the problem, you know, it's not the training, um, as far as what they're taught. Cause it just, it's just that they're not taught in a way. I think that's gonna, that's gonna one weed out the bad apples. All right. Cause, cause good training will weed out bad apples and two, um, train them in such a way where, you know, they are, they are, have excellent judgment, um, that they're, their temperament is honed, you know, and they're very knowledgeable, you know, and so all those things put together, you know, is going to make an excellent police officer long term. And also, you know, create the, the, the mystique, you know, like, you know, when when I first became a police officer back in 1996, you know, it was the closest thing to being a, a freaking superhero. You know, I mean, I mean, that's how I looked at it. You know, I mean, I love comics. I grew up with superheroes. I mean, you know, honestly, I think when a lot of us, you know, especially as Generation Xers, you know, I think a lot of us when we got into, you know, you know, military, CIA, special forces, police departments, you know, we, you know, hey, look, we had Steve Austin, the Bonding Man, um, you know, uh, the greatest American hero, the different versions of Superman, you know, Spider-Man, you know, we, you know, look, you know, with great great power comes great responsibility i mean i grew up with that in my mind i mean that was a staple where great power comes great responsibility i mean now you know most of these kids are growing up with mr beast i mean it's a it's a it's a big big difference you know what i mean so <laughs> maybe that's just part of my generation but um the bottom line is you know we gotta start inspiring that kind of mystique you know with our new police officers you know that you are, you know, the the new Captain Americas for, you know, your state, local, city, um, and country. You are the new Captain Americas, you know. Stop. You're not the, the some kind of, you know, you are a warrior, okay? You're not a soldier of the law like one excellent police officer once told me a long time ago. But he was reflecting... It's the sentiment of where the world was starting to go. And not too long after he retired, you know. Um, but, you know, that was the sentiment that basically it was a war. You know, if you're saying you're a soldier, you're saying it's a war. Now, the difference between a, a soldier and a warrior is a warrior has discretion. You know, they have the ability to to take a look at a situation and, and be trained enough to decide between life and death right they they they, they're that well skilled they're skilled they're skilled in both life disciplines and death disciplines that's a warrior right you know a soldier technically a soldier is only skilled in death disciplines unless they're a medic right and so that's the difference between what a police officer, these type of police officers or police officer or the police officer isn't. And let's be honest, like when I went through Fletchy, I mean, they told us 80% of our job 
80%, over 80% was what they call order maintenance, which is like truly keeping the peace, you know, changing tires, you know, walking old ladies across the street, you know, you know, you know, making stops and, you know, going to people's houses and checking on their medical, their mental conditions. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is things have gotten a lot worse. You know, things have gotten a lot worse where, you know, that other 20 percent was supposed to be gunfighting. I think now it's more like, you know, 40 percent gunfighting, you know, and probably, you know, I don't know, 50 percent on freaking high alert and the other the other 10 percent is is freaking order maintenance i mean it's it's you know it's, it's it has gotten bad so that means that the training has to go up we can't we can't just individually let training be done by individual uh municipalities and in in cities anymore not with the level of violence that these police officers are facing and not with the type of violence that these in police officers are inflicting you know they are responding to their environment the police officers are you know they are responding to their environment you know what i mean they they you know they're like look it's a lot less of us so we got to go further we got to hit harder and we got to be more vicious than the criminals okay that's how they think that's that is normal i mean it's not normal but it's a normal reaction um to being um a smaller unit in a war, in a war, but not the reaction of a group of warriors charged with protection, um, defending the peace, right? Defending the peace, right? Protecting the innocent, right? You know, you stopping the right, the raise of the the increase of crime is is just one part of that mission, right? It's not the mission, and so. The only way to cure that is, I believe, universal training at a high level. And it has to be, once again, something that has to be done on a consensus basis. And consensus is not something we are good at um, as of the last uh, 20 years <laughs> so or more. Um, anyway, so, yeah, man. So, you know, please, uh, you know, bless Mr. Terry Nichols family. And I'm so sorry, you know, what happened to him. It's it, it's uh, it's unexcusable. It's damn near unforgivable. Um, but there must be an answer to this. This cannot.